The observance of Passover began last night, commemorating the story of the liberation of the Israelites from their bondage in Egypt. When they left Egypt, when Moses' recurring plea to let my people go was finally granted by Pharaoh, the book of Exodus says that the Israelites took their dough before it was leavened with their kneading bowls wrapped up in their cloaks on their shoulders. It was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. Let my people go, said Moses. And Pharaoh finally says, yes, go, go, now. Pack nothing, writes Allah René Bozarth in our hymnal. Bring only your determination to serve and your willingness to be free. Don't wait for the bread to rise. Take nourishment for the journey, but eat standing, ready to move at a moment's notice. Now the journey is a familiar metaphor for Unitarian Universalists. Journey Toward Wholeness was the name of the anti-racism work within the UUA for many years. Both individually and communally, we often talk about our lives and experiences as journeys. And Universalist Minister L.B. Fisher asked where Universalists stood on certain issues of the day, famously responded, the only true answer to give to this question is, we don't stand at all, we move. Take nourishment for the journey. Be ready to move at a moment's notice. We are conscious that we are traveling and that the journey requires a certain flexibility in our movements. Today I am interested in, in reflecting on the journey of this past year I'm interested in thinking about how we pack for the way ahead. What do we bring? One of the most practical ways of grappling with this question about what we choose to bring with us is to actually move from one home to another. The verifiable stress that accompanies moving seems to have less to do with the actual physical movement from place to place and more with the psychological trauma that comes with looking around one's home in the midst of the process and crying out, where did all this stuff come from? Stuff everywhere. Even for those who intentionally cultivate simplicity, it is astonishing to watch stuff accumulate and to uncover it in those moments of transition and change. And rarely do we decide to simply dump it all. As Judith pointed out, there is a beauty, a preciousness in some possessions that cannot be overlooked that we don't want to lose. But sorting through everything, separating out what we need, what we want from what has simply accumulated, that can be work. 
There is a reason that one in ten families are renting a storage unit from one of over 50,000 storage facilities in this country. There is a reason that there is a whole reality show, one of the most popular in the history of the A&E network, called Storage Wars, in which the contents of repossessed storage units are auctioned off to resellers looking to turn a quick profit. And there is another darker side to that that a storage unit is often the only possibility left for our homeless neighbors to hang on to those things they need or will need and to hold those possessions which they cherish. And when they cannot pay the storage rental, they risk losing it all. Your generous donations to the discretionary fund have helped many people hold on to what they have chosen to keep on their journeys. But storage is big business. An article in The Economist ends with this recommendation. Don't store your stuff, stuff, sell it. Then invest in a storage business. (laughs) Speaking more generally of the culture With well over 50,000 storage units, considering the number of things all around us that we encounter each day, we can barely imagine the astronomical number of things that are locked away, hidden from sight. What are we planning to do with all that stuff? We have been led to believe that the accumulation of stuff provides some kind of security against the possible challenges on the road ahead. But are we also cognizant of the weight of it, the weight that must be carried, if not by us, by someone, the impacts of stuff on the environment, creatures who share this earth, vulnerable populations? What does it mean for how we all travel through this life. And this is not meant to be a screed against the storage business or the people who rent storage space. Believe me, I've been there. But I wonder what would happen if we decided to look upon ourselves as though we too were among those fleeing a life of bondage in Egypt. If we took seriously the picture of life as a journey. The thing I love about the reading from Cheryl Strayed recounting her preparation for a backpacking journey along the Pacific Trail is that the question, what do I want to bring? Indeed, the question, what do I need to bring? Bumps up against, bumps up against a just as important question, how much can I carry? When she finds that her meticulously prepared backpack will not budge, she writes, I thought about what I might take out of my pack, but each item struck me as either so obviously needed or so in case of emergency necessary that I didn't dare remove it. And so she finds a way to lift it. She finds a way to stand, which is to say hunching in a remotely upright position, and she begins her journey. 
opening the door and stepping into the lights. And one of the most compelling pieces of the rest of her journey for me was her ongoing discovery of what she could let go of, what she could set down and leave behind, not only among the items in her backpack, but also emotionally, psychically, spiritually. As she dropped tangible items from her meticulously prepared provisions in the boxes or barrels provided for future backpackers to take and use if needed, she also found a way to stop carrying regret and resentment and grief and anger. She was no longer prepared for every emergency, but found a trust in life previously unknown. And the concept of life as a journey, which can sometimes feel a little shallow or overdone, takes on a new depth for me in light of this question, what do I choose to carry? Because the truth is that I can become very attached to stuff, not only the stuff stuff, the things, but also the stuff inside of me and my expectations of myself and others. What am I carrying each day? I shared a quotation included in the Soul Matters material this month at Friday's congregational check-in. It says this, Anything less than a conscious commitment to the important is an unconscious commitment to the unimportant. That was a quote by Stephen Covey, and it was pointed out quite rightly by those who attended the checking that on the face of it, these words set up an unrealistic dichotomy. The notion that everything could be clearly categorized as either important or unimportant. There is a whole lot of gray area in life, and what one considers an unimportant thing today may turn out to be extremely important over time and in retrospect. The author of the words, Stephen Covey, is coming from a business, time management, self-help perspective, with his focus being effectiveness which, while helpful, does not capture nor claim to capture the raggedy edges and the beautiful wholeness of our lives. And yet, there was something in this statement that I couldn't let go of that spoke to me about this journey of life I am on. And I agree that it is not about promoting an artificial dichotomy between worthy and unworthy, nor fooling myself that I have some special insight into what is ultimately important and what is unimportant. But it had something to do with the recognition that there is a limit to what I can carry. I have to make some decisions about what I will be taking on my own journey. A recent American Masters episode on PBS spotlighted Nobel Prize winning novelist Toni Morrison. If you haven't yet read Toni Morrison, I encourage you to do so. 
In one segment that stood out for me as I mulled over this sermon, Morrison described how she managed to write novels, hold a job, and raise her children as a single parent. She says, I remember sitting in my office at Random House with a pad, and I wrote down on the left side everything I had to do. Mother your children, go to the store, pay the bills, edit this, write this, and it covered the page. And then I said, of that number, what do you have to do? And there were only two things, mother my children and write. And anything that didn't do that, I struck out. Now, the reason that stood out to me was not about Morrison's ambition or time management or her ability to climb some ladder of literary success. It was something about the description of her own decision-making, her own realization that writing itself was liberation for her and that this journey and her responsibility toward and love for her family on the journey required her to think about and clarify just what she could carry. And this extends not only to things I own or the things I choose to do, but to the things I am thinking and feeling. What do I want to carry? What can I set down? Well, it seems somehow wrong not to carry this worry about people that I love, and I often call this worry concern, which may sound better, but I found it weighs about the same. And it seems somehow irresponsible not to carry this regret for things that I've done wrong in my life, and it would be unjust, wouldn't it, not to feel this resentment at how I've been slighted, or not to feel this anger at how other people are being treated, or not to feel this frustration about the state of this whole whacked out world? Like Cheryl Strayed and Toni Morrison, I think about what I might take out of my pack, but may find that each item strikes me as so obviously needed that I don't dare remove it until I try to carry it all. There are days it won't budge. There are many more days when I may find a way to carry it, but I can only do so hunching in a remotely upright position. And the question becomes, what do I choose to carry? What can be let go? What can I set down? Do I wish to carry out this journey straining under the weight of a barely manageable burden, or can I find a way to travel light? We are more conscious than ever, I think, of being in transit in this life. We are leaning forward toward a time when we can gather together in person, when relationships can be engaged once again in ways that we had grown to take for granted, but now seem so precious. Each time we hear a new total of vaccinations, we feel we may be taking a step toward a promised land that beckons, toward liberation from this time of loss and isolation. What do we wish to carry forth from this time? 
What have we learned about the weight of things? What do we hold on to with the knowledge that our grip will necessarily be loosened on all that is? Nancy Norwood, a member of this congregation, shared with me years ago a piece of her spiritual practice known as the Five Remembrances in the Buddhist tradition. I will grow old. I will become ill. I will die. I will lose all that is loved and important to me. My actions and my speech are my only possessions. And Nancy added a sixth line, a beautiful summation of these truths. Now is the only time I have. That is what I call traveling light. These are somber truths, but they open a way to great freedom. They seem like heavy things to carry, but they are light compared to all the baggage that they render unnecessary. Lemony Snicket writes in the New American Haggadah, The story of Passover may seem very remote to you, as it happened thousands of years ago. The story of Passover is a journey, and like most journeys, it is taking much longer than it ought to take, no matter how many times we stop and ask for directions. We must look upon ourselves as though we too were among those fleeing a life of bondage in Egypt and wandering the desert for years and years, which is why we are often so tired in the evenings and cannot always explain how we got to be exactly where we are. It strikes me that it is not a bad question when I find myself tired in the evenings to ask myself what I have been carrying and to ask myself each morning what I will choose to carry that day to remind myself I am on a journey packing quickly but carefully finding maps making maps understanding that maps can only tell so much seeking nourishment but eating, standing, ready to go, to begin again, ready to move when the Spirit says move. <laughs>